All right, good morning, good morning, River City family. If you want to start to make your way to your seats, it is time for church. And good morning to everyone who is watching on our live stream. We are so happy that you are joining us this way. If it's your very first time watching, we'd love to give you a proper hello. So if you want to leave your name in the comments, we'll greet you there. All right, so this morning we get our service started with a lectionary passage. And if you're not familiar with the lectionary, it goes to the Bible in three years. It connects us with the universal church. And so everyone will be reading the psalm this morning. And the psalm today is Psalm 24. So if you want to look to the screens or close your eyes and hear the words over you, it says, The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and those who dwell therein. For he has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the rivers. Who shall ascend to the hill of the Lord and who shall stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and pure heart, who does not lift up his soul to what is false and does not swear deceitfully, he will receive blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. Such is the generation of those who seek him, who seek the face of the God of Jacob. Lift up your heads, O gates, and be lifted up, O ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. And who is the King of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty. The Lord, mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O gates. Lift them up, O ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. And who is the King of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the Lord of glory. And so, God, we just sit in the posture of this psalm this morning. We recognize your glory your goodness we give you full reign over our mornings and our hearts and our lives Holy Spirit meet us here this morning just begin to settle the distractions in our minds begin to dethrone competing loves our main focus this morning. God, we love you. We thank you for all that you've done for us this week. We give you everything we have this morning. We give you our lives as an offering and our worship. And in your name we pray. boat in the middle of a storm, or if everything seems to be crumbling around us, or if every direction we look, there just seems to be another question mark, another unknown. If we have great success and yet such deep loneliness, no matter where we are, you are worthy of being exalted. world. 
your name would be exalted in every gathering, in every building, in every forest, in every piece of land. We pray that your name would be exalted and we pray that salvation would spread. And we pray for the unreached people groups and we pray that even the rocks would shout out your name and the trees would shout out your name, that they would come to know you.
the students and the counselors and the adults and the youth pastors and the leadership for all the ways that you showed up in unexpected ways. We thank you and I thank you what a gift it is to be part of this network that prioritizes investing in the youth and prioritizes creating spaces where you can authentically meet with people. And I pray and I believe that our network can be changed just a little bit to look more like you because of what you did at camp. And so would you seal all the truth that was spoken? Would you seal all the ways in which people encountered you in new ways? Would you seal that on their hearts? And as they go back into churches and homes and schools, doing? That's a carryover from camp for those of you who weren't there. Um, yes, I'm not Josh. For those of you who are expecting to see Josh, I'm, I apologize. Um, I am Bill. I'm the, I'm the administrative pastor here. We're glad you're here. Um, I've just spent a week with about 270 middle and high school students at our network's one camp in Covington, Georgia. There were about 130 additional adults that were there to serve as counselors and other behind-the-scenes roles. Um, it had all the energy you can imagine with that many teenagers packed together in one location. We shared meals together in the dining hall. We had worship and teaching in the mornings. In the mornings, um, Tom Tanner, the lead pastor at Riverstone, the mother church of our network, he led some sessions. Um, after that, the students had some family time where they were able to meet in smaller groups of about four to eight and talk about the teaching they'd been hearing, any questions they had, any comments. Um, before lunch then, the, the grades rotated through some teaching sessions. Um, tenth, rising 10th through college age students ro rotated through a set of sessions, one each day. And then 7th, 8th, and ninth rotated through different set of sessions after that. Um, and for example, I led a group on anxiety for the high school age students, and Justin led a group on worship. Um, so there were things like that throughout the mornings. After lunch, we were able to actually get together as a River City group with our students and our adults um, and see how they were doing generally, um, how they were experiencing God in the week. Um, and that became a really sweet time to hear from everybody. And almost every day, everybody had something to share. It was really, really beautiful. And you'll be able to hear some of that at the end of Today, we're going to do some testimony time from those folks, so you'll get to hear more of that. Um, it was a really sweet time um, each day. From there, the students went up to the activity center for some fun and crazy games. And these games ran the gamut from silly to messy to both. Um, things like 
Mario Kart races in these little Rubbermaid bins that had been attached to a four-wheel cart, um, doing 10 laps, and if a piece of fruit got dropped in your bin, you had to spin around three to five times. Um, there was a relay race that involved bobbing for candy bars in a toilet um, with some lemonade concoction in the toilet. Um, there was squid dodgeball, and there was squid ultimate frisbee. Um, there was a lot of squid. I've heard from a lot of parents who were still trying to wash squid smell out of clothing. I have some great pictures of Keegan um, competing in several of those messy games. Um, the students had free time in the afternoon. After dinner, there were some different evening activities throughout the week each night uh, before we met again in the evening for more worship and teaching. Um, our camp speaker this year was Micah Eldridge. He's, the lead, he's a pastor um, at LifeGate Church in Omaha, Nebraska. He's also the younger brother of David Eldridge, who's the pastor at Stonebridge in our network. Uh, Micah grew up attending this camp. Um, for those of you who don't know, this camp originates all the way back to 1965, and it's been running uh, pretty much uninterrupted except for last year since, since then. Um, but, but Micah was able to share his own camp experiences how it had impacted his spiritual life and laid down some spiritual markers in his journey. Um, and I think it was really good for the students to hear that um, about his history and the history of a lot of people that were at camp. A lot of the adults were campers as, as kids um, and how they started their spiritual journeys through something like this camp, and they were able to step in. After Friday, after unloading a 24-foot U-Haul truck, I napped for four hours, and it was amazing. I still have another couple of days to get back to normal, but I'm thankful for the opportunity to take part in this year's camp, um, and to have, it was a privilege to have a front row seat to see how our students and adults were impacted throughout the week. So, I also have a message that was just sort of, for those of you who weren't at camp, that was what camp was like. It was nonstop. It was, my days were like 6.30 to midnight every day, hence the four-hour nap on Friday. Okay, but the camp theme this year was abide, as you can see. Um, and the main verses for that come from 1 John 4. And I'll, you can follow along on the slides. This is how the love of God is revealed to us. God has sent his only son into the world so that we can live through him. This is love. It is not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice that deals with our sins. Dear friends, if God loved us this way, we also ought to love each other. No one has ever seen God. If we love each other, God remains or abides in us, and his love is made perfect in us. This is how we know we remain or abide in him, and he remains or abides in us, because he has given us a measure of his spirit. Now, throughout the week, we were able to consider these verses and some verses in John 15. I'll just read Verse 5 to you, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, then you will produce much fruit. Without me, you can't do anything. What it means to abide in God or abide in Jesus is important for our students to begin to understand and develop. But it also applies to what we've been talking about here at River City all year in relation to equipping the saints, right? For those of you new to the room, that abbreviation ETS is short for equipping the saints. Um, and this thing we've been talking about, disciple at the pace of Jesus, discipleship at the pace of Jesus. 
Now, 1 John and the Gospel of John were written roughly around the same time, but it's not believed they were written by the same John. Regardless, they share some common themes, including the call to abide, the reality that God dwells in us, and the call to love others. We read a verse like John 15, 5, and we can get stuck thinking about whether we're producing fruit, whether we're producing the right fruit, whether we're producing enough of the right fruit, as if Jesus is waiting with a clipboard to inventory the types of fruit we are producing and the volume of fruit produced. And while we're, doing, while we're stuck in that kind of a thought process, we can lose sight of the call to abide, to remain with Jesus. The disciples responded to the call of Jesus when he said, follow me. Many students this week at camp right, responded to that initial call. The disciples didn't know what Jesus meant by follow me or how that would play out, but they were drawn to him, and they followed. And when they followed, they were physically with Jesus virtually 24-7 for three years. Over that span, they had many opportunities to taste and see that the Lord is good. They witnessed not only the miracles right, that we read about of Jesus, but they witnessed the pace of Jesus, the slow, deliberate pace of Jesus, the Jesus who got away to pray, the Jesus who didn't take the bait of those who wanted to draw him into an argument, the Jesus whose relationships with his father were such that he wasn't enticed by the allure of power and rule in the way they wanted him to be, the Jesus who embodies love, joy, peace, patience, Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Now, Jesus didn't need to wait 30 years to start his ministry. He didn't need to take three years to do the things that he did. But the disciples needed to be in the places they were when Jesus found them. And they needed to remain with him for those three years of ministry to have what they needed to carry on Jesus' ministry after the resurrection. As we enter into a season this fall with these ETS groups, we have an opportunity to go at the pace of Jesus, to practice remaining and abiding in him, like the two Johns talk about in their letter and the gospel. That pace is slow, and you will see that the content doesn't race forward. Our journeys with Jesus are long, so finding that pace and sticking with that pace is key to staying in this race we're in. Now, Jesus uses the vine and fruit metaphor in John 15 to describe the relationship between himself and the Father, but also the relationship between humanity and the Father. Jesus says that the Father is the vine dresser, right, who works the vineyard. And there are two types of vines described, those that bear fruit and those that don't. Verse 2 says, he removes any of my branches that don't produce fruit. And he trims any branch that produces fruit so that it will produce even more fruit. He removes any of my branches that don't produce fruit. Other versions say cuts off or takes away the branches that don't bear fruit. What's interesting about the Greek phrase there about the branch that doesn't bear fruit is that it means he is lifting it, which is what vine dressers do. Right When they come beside a branch whose vines have grown down far away from the trellis, 
They're in the, gra- they're in the dirt, in the mud, right? The vine dresser lifts them up so that they can continue to grow on the trellis and bear fruit. Then the branches that bear fruit are pruned to bear, to bear richer fruit as they continue to remain in the vine. By remaining attached to the vine, or by abiding, the branches that don't bear fruit are lifted up by the vine dresser to continue to grow to fruit-bearing stages, where they will be pruned to grow richer and healthier fruit. I'm beginning to wonder if this fruit-bearing discussion is more about the relational love God is and has for us more than it is about the ability to do the Christian life. Remember, these branches on the vine can't make themselves grow. They can't make themselves bear fruit. They only bear fruit if they remain connected to the vine. To bring that metaphor to our present circumstances, right? Something like these ETS groups that we're talking about in the fall that we're offering, there are ways to remain connected to God, to remain connected to the vine. All the spiritual practices that we've been talking about for years here at River City are ways to stay connected to the vine, right? Reading scripture, prayer, silence and solitude, Lectio Divina, rest, retreat, spiritual friendship, breath prayer, all these kinds of things are ways to remain connected to God, to abide in Christ. Divine language reminds me of communion as well. When I was growing up and attending the Catholic Church, I was given the idea that I had to purge myself by going to confession on Saturday in order to be in the right frame of heart, mind, and soul to receive communion at Mass on Sunday. Now, whether that was the message they wanted me to receive or not, that's what I received. As I look back on that now, I see that in some ways as an effort to take my broken branch and graft it back into the vine as if I could remove myself from the vine in the first place. I'm reminded, Micah talked this week about the prodigal son story. It's a camp with teenagers, so at some point the prodigal son story is going to come up. Um, He talked about the prodigal son story, and right, the the younger son goes off, he spends all, he wastes all this money, he comes back, um, and we hear the story, right, the father runs out to him. Um, But that, that son, when he left to go do the things that he did, to squander the money, to, you know, go out on his own, right? He, he was still, he was the son of that father when he left, right? And when he comes back, he's still the son of that father, right? And what we see is the, it's almost like this image of the vine dresser pulling that vine that's in the ground and lifting it up back onto the trellis, right? As he comes out and wraps his arm around him, arms around him, right? And he gets the, the best robe and it puts a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet and kills the fattened calf and they all celebrate that he's back, right? That That prodigal son's branch has been put back on the trellis so that it can bear fruit. What I take away from this now is the opportunity to do some self-examination, to see how I'm abiding and how I'm not. Where the fruit that I'm bearing could be richer and healthier, where I can surrender myself for pruning to bear the fruit that I want to see, that I need to see, right? Surrendering myself for pruning to bear fruit. Which shifts for me the meaning of John 15, verse 7. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask for whatever you want and it will be done for you. Right? We've heard that verse a lot. We've applied a lot of meanings to that verse, especially the back half of that verse. Right? Ask for whatever you want and it will be done for you. Connected to the vine, 
I can appreciate where I'm bearing, bearing healthy fruit and where I'm not. The things that aren't bearing fruit, I can ask for whatever I want. I can participate in what God is doing and ask that those parts of me be lifted up back onto the trellis to have the space and time needed to grow healthier. And it will be done for me. Right? That's my, a new perspective for me on that verse 7. And from that perspective, I can approach communion realizing that I am in need of his mercy still and go to the Eucharist table for the bread of life and the forgiveness of sins, for solace, strength, pardon, and renewal. As I reflect back on one camp this week, so many students' faces come to mind. My prayer for them, including our own River City students, is that we would, as a church family, participate in the work of lifting them up and encouraging them to help them remain on the vine, to remain in the safe space on the trellis, to continue to grow, to bear the fruit they were fearfully and wonderfully made to bear. On Thursday night this week, I had the privilege of hosting the night from the front, so I had the responsibility of opening and closing the evening. At the end of the night service, Becca and Justin and the rest of the, worship, the camp worship band uh, were leading the room in a final song. The room was thick with the presence of the Holy Spirit. I talked earlier in the week about camp being a thin place. Um, actually, earlier, maybe earlier that morning, I talked about camp being a thin place, right? This sacred space. And the testimonies of people that have been to that camp over the years. I've experienced thin places in Scotland. Most times when I walk into a cathedral, I experience a thin place. It's just this You feel the presence of heaven. You feel the presence of the Holy Spirit in a very real and tangible way. So I was talking about that in the morning. And and when I got up to close the night on Thursday night, I felt that again. And as the song ended, I walked up to close the evening. We sat quietly, just soaking in the presence for a bit, without saying a word. I just stood there with a mic while all these kids stared at me. But I sat there because I'm good with silences. (laughs) Amen, right? And then I read this over to the students and the rest of the people in the room. Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me. Abide in me. And you'll learn to live freely and lightly. When we read John 15.5 and we get caught up in our ability to bear fruit, may we be reminded of the call to abide in Christ. And these words of Jesus, are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Let's pray.
Lord, I thank you for your presence in this room. I thank you that your presence here is the same as your presence in Covington, Georgia. In a prefab building we, we worshiped in all week long. I thank you that the thickness of your presence that we experienced at camp, we can bring with us here. We can sit in, we can find those sacred spaces in our day-to-day. Lord, I pray that, that we would step into the opportunity presented with these ETS groups to grow together, to learn together, to encourage each other, to lift each other up, to support each other, to challenge each other, to be transparent and vulnerable with each other, to make mistakes and to learn from them. To practice some things maybe we're not comfortable with, we've never tried before. All with the hope of abiding in you and getting closer to you. So that you can lift up those branches that aren't bearing fruit and prune the ones that are for richer and healthier things. But I thank you for the, the students and the adults that were able to come to camp this week. I pray that the things that they experienced would be seared in their hearts and minds and souls, carry them on. It'd be spiritual markers they can look back on. These were real experiences for them. You made yourself known to these students and adults. May they always remember that and jump off from here. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. We are going to transition to testimony time. Camp testimony time. Oh. Do we have a volunteer? This is Tina. Tina's going to volunteer. Please speak into the mic when you give your testimony so that the stream can hear what you're saying. Yes, sir. Um, I want to go first because I want to talk to the students for a second when I go because my highlight is you guys. Um, My serious highlight is um, Judah and um, Naomi. Stand up for one second. Watching you guys, uh, watching you guys worship was amazing. It led the adults into worship um, and my highlight was just y'all, like y'all were going for Jesus, experiencing Jesus, um, seeing God heal, seeing God speak to you, running around the room, praying for people that God was telling you to pray for. And it invited all the adults to Jesus. You are our invitation to encounter him in a way that I don't think we expected at all. I certainly didn't. Thank you. You can sit if you want, or you can stand, doesn't matter. Y'all can come next if you want. Uh, silly highlight, Liam had a stamp of approval that I never got. I'm still waiting to get my stamp of approval. Um, Also, David and Mariah turned into different people this week. Camp David and Camp Mariah is like any, you've never seen anything like it. I certainly haven't. Um, But guys, y'all got to come share what Jesus did in you because um, our adults are not going to believe it, but they also want to be let, they want to experience that. So we've got to share what God did in us with our body. And we are young, but we are mighty, right? In the Lord. Um, So whoever wants to come next, Um, But you guys were my highlight. Just watching y'all encounter the Lord and be yourselves and come alive was by far my highlight of the week. Where's Alethea? 
especially Alethea, for sure. Um, anybody who wants to go next, come on up. Yeah, Eli. Okay, so this past year, especially for me, it was like really, really rough, and it was really tough, and a lot of things didn't go the way that I wanted them to. So I was always filled with the fear and anxiety of like failure. Oh, I'm not good enough. Oh, it's just not enough. And I kind of fell off my relationship with the Lord. So at one camp, on that Tuesday night, there was a really good song that came on in worship that I've never heard before. And I decided, I don't really worship that much. I guess I'll try it. I'll try singing my heart out. I will try putting my hands up and starting myself to the Lord. So as I'm standing there in front of everybody else, I didn't care what they thought of me. I didn't care what they said. I just thought, I want this. I want this. I want this. And I'm standing there and I'm praising and this overwhelming just sense of peace just came over my body, my mind, my spirit. I felt all my fear, all my anxiety just leave. And I stood there and I just looked to the sky and I went, he is magical. He is wonderful. He is amazing. And then I fell on my knees, I was in tears, and at that moment I just realized I'm a full Christian now. Like, <laughs> I don't know how else to put that, but like I've been restored, and it's just amazing. Yeah, that's, that's my testimony. Hi, my name is Laura. Um, I'm new to River City. Hi, Joe. Um, so leading up to camp, um, I kind of felt like an imposter going into it. Now I'm going to cry. Um, partly because uh, when I was 16, I was actually sent home from camp for a prank that went bad. Um, it's fine. <laughs> and this camp really emphasized no pranks. <laughs> I can't tell you the amount of emails and rules and just like it was listed. They were like no pranks and the amount of self-control because there were so many moments, so many moments. Um, but going into it, you know, having been a kid that was sent home from camp and then, you know, eight years later being a counselor and leading a group, <laughs> just question God sometimes. <laughs> um, sorry, Bill, didn't tell you that before you let me lead. <laughs> um, but also just like, Although I've been at River City since, I guess, since January, um, I've been in a weird place where I haven't been able to fully connect. Sorry. <laughs> it's partly nerves. Um, but just feeling like, wow, I'm going to this place and literally no one knows me. Um, and I'm representing a church that I'm barely connected to. Um, but my highlight was actually going with River City. Um, and I wanted to specifically just kind of shout out why. Um, so I got to witness a lot of things, like when you stand back and you just watch and you see God work. Um, and I got to witness Tina and Bill and Becca and Jordan and Justin, wherever you are. You guys were building the church up from within. Um, just in how you met and ministered with other leaders and had hard conversations with other leaders. Um, and to witness that was incredible. 
I got to witness Jude, Maya, Liam, Ariel, Naomi, Georgia, Eli, Alethea, and Keegan worship and take other people into worship and intercede on behalf of other people. Like you were praying for your friends and that's very rare um, in people your age. So to witness that, um, and then I witnessed Mariah step outside of her comfort zone. <laughs> um, she played Gaga ball. And if you don't know what that is, that is like on the ground with a ball and she does not play sports, okay? She <laughs> but she stepped outside of her comfort zone to create space and create um, unity with other people. Um, and Micah dressed up as Stitch for like pretty much the whole week. So um, you got silly, which let other campers be them full self, their yeah. full selves. Um, so just, you opened up doors for that. Um, and David, you included people so much. Like you were always welcoming other people to the table. You were always talking to other people outside of the church. You were finding the people on the outsides and you open up doors for people to be included. And I just want to say like, you are included in all the things that God has for you. Um, and Peyton, <laughs> I actually didn't see you that much. <laughs> kind of like disappeared a lot. <laughs> but um, Peyton and Logan, who aren't, I don't see Logan. Um, but you guys, you were there. And you were, you were present for all those who were around. And that opened up doors and created space where people weren't alone in the room. You were playing the sports. You were just abiding in worship. Um, so my highlight was going with these people from River City. Um, yeah, because it's that's like the only highlight. I don't know how to end this now. So <laughs> just going to mic drop. Thanks, Laura. Okay, I'm really nervous because I don't like talking in front of people. But um, I think I've, this is my third time going to camp. And I love camp so much, but it was hard for me at the beginning of the week. I just, walking in, was not prepared for it, and I, at certain points, just wanted to go home. Like, I didn't even want to be there, and um, I just felt alone, and I was struggling with so much, and I just got the um, chance to open up to people and tell them what I was going through and how I was feeling, and just all the people pouring into me and loving on me, and I just didn't feel alone anymore. And I got to um, take that a step further and pour into other people and love on other people. And um, people started opening up to me, and it just felt like I was wanted and I was needed there. And I know for a fact that God chose me, and he put me there for a reason. Hey y'all, uh, this is my first year going to camp, uh, I'm super glad I went, but I was, I'd say my highlight was um, being reminded of the childlike faith that God wants us to step into and wants desires for us. Um, I mean, it, through that, I mean, just seeing the kids, like Tina said, just like how open they were to the spirit and like one morning um, during the prayer time, Naomi was in there and um, 
you can just see the joy on her face. And, uh, and then a few nights of worship, like people were, like kids were coming up to me and asking me if they could go pray over people. I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, eighth grade kids who were, I was not that way and I was, you know, their age. So, um, so seeing their confidence of what God was saying to them and, um, being bold to move in that was just so, so powerful. So I, encouragement for me and for, and for all of us to, um, to start to start, start to step into the childlike faith that God wants us to kind of be reintroduced to. So. Hi. Um, yes, thank you. Uh, I felt God moving really powerful through the week that I was there. Because, uh, like, on the, the second night, the guy who was in the bunk above me got saved. Yeah. And I think I got to pray for, like, a third of my cabin, and I taught two guys what communion was and what it meant. Yeah, you did. Thanks. Um, this was the first year that I had actually chosen to go up <laughs> to the front and just like, this was the first year that I had, whoa. That I had raised my hand, got on the ground, and actually went up to people, started praying for them, hugged them, and got in prayer. And it was really, really moving because it was my first time doing all this, and I was really nervous. Good job. So this was my first year at camp and I was just very nervous going into it. I didn't know if like, I didn't know what to expect almost. And like when I got there, I didn't know how Jesus would move through me because I've never really felt him before. And so like the first night of worship was just very, I was very like uncomfortable almost. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how other people would see me. And so like just going into that, I was, each day got like better and better. And I remember like then last night, Jesus was just like whispering in the back of my, um, nope, in my ear that um, just like pointing out people who like needed prayer, who was like broken and hurting inside. And I just like went up and prayed for them and I could just see how like that moved them and how God was moving through me. Okay, last call. Come on, Amber. Come on. Yeah. yeah. We need to see the joy. Um. Okay, so I, this was my first year at one camp, and I loved it. It was great. My favorite thing was worship. Um, one night I was putting my hands up, and I, I didn't expect anything, and I could feel God holding my hands. Um, I really felt so joyful at camp. It was the best experience ever. Joy. Just joy. Just see joy. Yeah. 
So for those of y'all who don't know me, my name is Peyton. Um, I was invited my first one camp in 2017 by my godmother, Alita. And the way that Bill described it as a thin place just spoke so powerfully to me. In 2017, it was my rising senior year. I went in so broken, so angry, and more than anything, so defeated um, just by life. And God spoke to me and he saved me from that, from that darkness and that place that I was in. So here I am, this is my fourth camp. Um, it's my second year as a counselor. But just seeing the love, the vulnerability, the boldness of all of the, the campers um, and the way that God moves in that place is so powerful. So for anybody who's never been, anybody that's able to be a counselor, Anybody who has kids that haven't been to camp, God moves and in a very, very real way. So I just want to encourage all of y'all, um, maybe for next year, please go. Please go. Oh, we, got, we have another. We have another. This is not my comfort zone. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> It was really powerful this week. I mean, I just really felt like I haven't touched the earth. I can't even share about it without crying because it was just so <laughs> powerful. I felt so much joy and comfort, and I discovered I don't need validation from anything on earth, just God. And I remember um, one night specifically, I just, I needed to let it all out, just cry. So I went up to Naomi and I just got to hold her and cry with tears of joy for the Lord. It was incredible. And then Eli came up and he wrapped his arms around us and just told us how much he loved us and cared for us. And it was, it was incredible because I've never felt like God work like through siblings like that. I usually think of siblings like you, like, why are you crying? Like, I don't care. But we cried together just over the Lord. It was incredible to just like share that with each other and get to pray together. Thanks. That's great. Hey. Yes. Hi, Mom. I didn't go to camp, <laughs> but um, as a mom, so my three, three of my kids, Jude, Maya, and Liam all went. And I was nervous to send them just because we're missionaries. We've not been in Georgia for more than a month. Did we move here a month ago? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so we've been alone as a family for a long time. <laughs> Whew. And when I send them out, to be alone without me to protect them. Like, I literally went up to all of their counselors and said, please love them well, <laughs> you know? And sorry guys, I hope that doesn't embarrass you. <laughs> but then when they came home and they were like, ah, oh, like the church, we got to talk every day and we got to be with the church and like this counselor talked to me and this person talked to me. I was like, ugh, the church took care of them. <laughs> like. I don't know. I just want to say thank you guys for like loving my kids because we've been lonely and it's just been us and God. And for you guys to like abide with them is such a big deal for 
a mom to see. So thank you. Yes, my God. Hey guys. Um, I just wanted to say I had the honor and privilege of acting like a 10th grade boy for this past week. Um, Keegan, wherever you are, and Jude, I could talk about you for a long time, but it was a pleasure. Um, one thing we talked about was how we can expect God to move. Yeah. Um, and so I had like three expectations going into the week, um, just as a person, not a counselor. Um, and also I caught myself acting like a camper more than I did a counselor, so. Um, but the first was that um, the, Jesus is the better way. Yes. Um, especially in 10th grade and even being 25, it's like there's so many alternative ways, but like I just wanted clarity that, that this is the path of life. Um, and that was just a big check mark after day one. Um, second was that we're all invited. Um, stepping into, even as River City, like we had a smaller group of people um, going into not knowing anyone, not really knowing any uh, campers. Um, God just solidified that that invitation is for all of us. Yeah. Um, we are all invited um, to be part of his kingdom. And that the third that y'all can probably guess is that our identity is beloved. Amen. <laughs> and it is just so true. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to share those expectations and Thank you, especially 10th grade boys. Jude, love you guys. Oh, we have another mom. There's another mom. Another mom would like yeah. to talk. So I feel like like a mama bear um, in a good way. But um, for those of you who don't know me, I'm Josh's wife. I've been laying low for a little while. Um, but I'm just so grateful for you all. And like I had no idea years ago when Josh and I stared at each other across the table and dreamed about a community of people like this. I'm just so thankful. And for you guys, this next generation, it makes me so hopeful for the church. It makes me so hopeful to see your passion and authenticity and just love for God. So when I sit in the back and I think about all the years and I'm just so proud. I feel like Paul, you know, when Paul like sent people out and he was just like, oh, these are my kids. Like that's how I feel about you all. So I'm just, I'm super thankful for you young adults, I tell you all the time, you have no idea what you're pouring in. And so thank you for going to camp, for loving. Like, I can't believe I have a kid that can go to camp. That's crazy, by the <laughs> way. Um, but I'm just so grateful. So I just couldn't sit back there and just not say thank you. Thank you, Bill. Um, all you, and, and you, those of you guys that are just participating today, you're just part of the fabric of this community and God's really sweet here and I've been in church a really long time and I've gone to a lot of churches it's not like this everywhere so I'm just really really thankful and you know Josh and I are 
out for the next few weeks and our family's out and um, I'm just glad I came today because it was good um, sweetness that I needed to take with me so we will miss you over the next couple of weeks but my sweet hubs needs a he needs a, a little break. <laughs> I'm sure he's, I hope he's not at home like spying right now online. He might be. I hope he is. We're like, put the phone down. <laughs> but anyway, so just love you all. Thanks. Oh, unruly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> unruly represents. Okay. Um, no, it's okay. <laughs> I don't know why I did that. Um, one, just kind of what you said, Sarah, this next generation, like, I'm not a kid's person, and I am now a kid's person. This next generation is so powerful. Your kids are intercessors. Your kids are prophetic. Your kids are worshipers. And I got to witness God move so heavy on these kids. It was amazing. And it preached to me and there were so many spiritual highs and people have shared, but I think that my highlight of camp was really just God just drilling in what it means to abide. I feel like there was a lot of performance that was broken off of me. And so much of like Camp Mariah just came from living in a freedom and living in a joy of just, you just get to hang out with God. And so this week I came with an agenda and I came to like spiritually love on your kids and and I did, but it was more like just playing with them and listening to their long drawn out stories. (laughs) And like coloring with them and just like the mundane things that you think aren't for the kingdom and just realizing that that intimacy and those friendships and those conversations are a part of the kingdom that is what like raises your kids to know God well. And it just like, it just transferred onto me of like how, how easy God's yoke is and how we just come with so much striving and he just wants to hang out with us. He just, like we're his kids and he just wants to hang out with us and so, yeah, my highlight was just learning just to abide in Christ and getting to abide with your kids. And yeah, they're, you've got some really great kids. And Sarah, you've got some really great kids. Yeah, it was an honor and it was a privilege. And I, um, yeah, I'm a kid person now, so. <laughs> I think that's everybody. Is that everybody? Everybody talk? This is like this is like our meetings after lunch every day. Everyone had something to share. So I'm glad you got to see, experience the sweetness of that. All right, I'm going to cut this off unless somebody else jumps up. All right. In light of all the testimony, I think it's appropriate that we move into the doxology that I'm not going to sing, but Becca is going to sing. Come on. Come on, Bill, just once. Yeah, you guys already know. Camp people, y'all ready to get rowdy? Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise 
heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Praise God. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Yeah, praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above the heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Come on, everybody. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above the heavenly hosts. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. One more, just the voices. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Come on. Praise Him above the heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. unruly shirt today for Josh. Lord, I thank you for this group. I thank you for the testimonies we got to share in this morning. I just thank you for your work, how much you want us near, how much you love us to our core, every nook and cranny. You want it all. I pray that we would surrender it all to you. Go with us this week, Lord. May we be light in the world around us. In Jesus' name, amen. Sign up for an ETS group. Have a good week. Service is over. Church is not. Bye-bye. Thank you again for joining us today. And please visit our website at rivercitysmyrna.com.